0: Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee And I'm Clay Mosley And this is Freelance to Founder Every week we sit down with freelancers like you For actionable coaching calls
1: with one mission To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle And build your own sustainable business At one point, we were both brand new
0: freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands.
1: Visit freelance2founder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes, because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now.
0: On today's show, we have a really great conversation with Natalie, who's built a nice freelance design business but has also encountered some serious trouble when it comes to hiring. And even though Clay and I both know how critical hiring can be to your scaling success, we also empathize with her feeling like too much of a control freak, her words, not mine, to make the best decision for your business. So how do you start hiring without losing control of the most important aspects of your own business? It's a tough question and we're gonna get into it right after this message from our show sponsors. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. and restrictions apply welcome back to another episode of freelance to founder as always i'm excited to be here with my friend clay mosley from Git dripify hey clay hey what's up and joining us on the air today is natalie as well Uh, we're going to chat a little bit about her freelance business hey natalie welcome to the show
2: hey thank you preston and clay i'm excited to be here
0: we are excited to have you as always, we we want to start out just by hearing a little bit more about your business. What are you currently working on? What do you do? What's your business all about?
2: So, yeah, Pixital is kind of a merging of two worlds, uh, Pixel plus Digital, mixed Uh So I tend to focus a lot more in the website design, app design, and branding arenas, mostly working with software technology firms and startups. Currently, uh, I'm working on a bunch of different retainer clients or legacy clients, as you might call them. So basically kind of booked out, getting them ready for the spring, getting ready for the next year, um, and kind of taking on newer clients at a limited basis. Okay,
0: I love that. So most of your clients are on a retainer or or are at least keeping you out of the feast famine cycle from month to month.
2: Uh, Yes, absolutely. Um, And I've been very uh, fortunate to have retainer clients that stick with me um, they like working with me, and I guess they like the, the attitude that comes along with it.
0: Yeah, that's good. Cool. So how long have you been doing this?
2: Uh, so I've been actually designing uh, for about 10 plus years, um, but I've been working for myself up and on for five. I did my business restart, I'd like to say, because I had a career break in between about two and a half years ago. So I'll be coming up on three years in awesome. January.
0: Congratulations! Thank you. Today we want to chat a little bit about you know before we hit record we had we had talked about uh, some troubles that you've had in and troubles I'm putting it lightly the way you were phrasing it but troubles uh, in hiring people in the past so to give a little you know heads up to people listening to the episode we're going to chat a bit about that but I want to start first with um, this freelancer to founder scale that many listeners will be familiar with if it's your first episode. Uh, we send a questionnaire to everybody who comes on for a coaching call on this show. By the way, if you would like to come on for a coaching call, you can visit freelance2founder.com, and you can fill out your information there. We'd love to have you on the show and we'll give you our very best advice we can on scaling your freelance business. Natalie filled out this survey uh, when she was looking at being on the show and being on a call. Mm-hmm. She list- She listed herself as a three currently on the Freelancer to Founder scale. So one being Freelancer, complete Freelancer, 10 being a a founder. And then we always ask in the next six to 12 months, where would you like to be? And and Natalie, you put a six. So can you tell us a little bit about your situation? Why you say you're a three, like maybe on your way to being a founder, but definitely more of a freelancer now and and what a six might look like to you, where you want to be in six to 12 months. Can you give us a quick snapshot?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say I'm like a three at the moment just because I do work with contractors on a semi-regular basis, but not that often. So depending on the project, I might hire out for other services, say as photography or development. But at the moment, I don't have anyone that's, I guess, part-time or full-time on staff. Um, and I would, I'm would, i hoping six to 12 months, I'd like to be up on more of the six, but for me, that kind of looks more of like a partner. Um, I'm really looking for a technology and kind of de- development chair to kind of have in my back pocket because I get very ambitious with projects and I get very excited about technology. I'm a huge tech enthusiast, but sometimes when it comes to hooking those things up, I get very (laughs) nervous. Uh, So I just like to have an expert in my corner. Um, But I'm very untrusting, as you mentioned uh, briefly, my situation before where I have tried to hire people in the past, um, like on retainer basis, even, so they can kind of catch up things that I don't get to, but it did not go well. So I'm very nervous about, uh, getting involved in a long-term partnership with someone else.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, so you're actually looking at maybe finding a, uh, I mean, when you say partner, that to me sounds very different than like a contractor or an employee who would do that technical mm-hmm. work for you under your direction. Is that the direction you're leaning is like someone who you kind of share projects with or they have their own business and you to collaborate like a collective kind of idea or what does, what, what again, what does that number six kind of look like? between those, you and your you know partner, as you've
2: said. So, yeah, okay. I would not, I'm not really interested in having someone yet, uh, like full, full-time employee. I would say yeah. that maybe they have their own business, but we partner up on projects together, uh, depending okay. on their availability or they bring things to me and we go with those together. Um, unfortunately, I just, I haven't met the right fit or they already have a full-time day job. And I could not ask that of them because nobody wants to burn the candle from both ends.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, that's good. Um, can you go into more on why you think the, why it didn't work out before?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't mind answering that at all. So I know that I was kind of in a rough situation. I was already overwhelmed, overworked, working all the time, day and night. And I think I was just kind of hoping I could just give things to somebody. Be like, okay, go, take it, go. Um, and that's not, really how things work um there was a lot more training involved that i wasn't prepared for so i I think maybe the contractors i did work with maybe sometimes felt high and dry because i was just kind of hoping they could fill in the gaps themselves and that wasn't really a good experience for everybody and so i think that's why it didn't work um because i wasn't prepared to explain myself fully i didn't have any documentation whatsoever i'm working on that now i'm kind of trying to write myself like a handbook Um, But I was not prepared at all, really, to take on somebody else. I thought that if I just had somebody, it would magically fix itself. But it just created more work for me.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, good news is is that um, you're not alone in that situation. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Yeah. Like I will tell you, uh, trying to find this is what I would call a collaborator. um, Because like when you said partner, you're looking for a partner. Out what immediately went in my head was like an equity partner in the business, right? someone who shares uh, the business with you. Yeah. And so this is, this is what I would call a collaborator. Uh, it's very difficult to find a good collaborator. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's a long, it's a long search. Um, I am, I am happy to hear you say that um, that you haven't found like the right, the, the phrase you said, right fit, because that is such a key. And um, I don't know, I, I, I have some tips on this. So, and this is this is from my experience. Okay, I know everybody else's experience is going to be different, but I think there's I think there's four key things that you need to look at as far as a I guess five if you just want to include skill set. Um, but in your situation anyway, uh, but there's four other things that I think a good collaborator collaborator needs to have that I think would make it a good fit for you. Um, <clears throat> one is that I think. Like if you just start asking these questions, like if you if you meet someone, you think, oh, they could be a good collaborator. Right. Let's just assume all these people that you you meet have the skill set to do this. Right. Um, but in addition to that, the, the other four things like one of them is I think they need to have very similar goals to you. Um, and so what I mean by that is not the exact same goals that you have for your business, but on the same like level. What like when it, when it relates to their business, and so the reason I think that that's key is because they they think very similarly to you, and so I think it's just a lot easier to to work with someone that has a similar goal set, right? Similar mindset. So
0: so like, can I decode this a little bit, Clay? Is this like yeah. uh, is this like I, I wouldn't you know where Natalie is doing this uh, full time and she's very like dedicated to her work. You wouldn't then want to hire like maybe a, a side hustler or something whose primary priority is a full-time job. And they have an hour or two in the evening to maybe help you out.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's spot on. Um, Actually, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my uh, other points uh, is being the same place in business as you or similar. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that's like just what you just described. Um, But more on the point that I made kind of a, example is if your goal is to work your business and do it for a really really long time like sustainable business um but the person you're talking to that you think might be a good fit if their end goal is to sell their try to find a a way to sell their business in two or three years that may not be the right fit for 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 you as a collaborator Um, because then you're gonna have to go through this whole same process again in like two years right um so that, that's kind of what I mean, like similar goals. And then on the, what Preston was saying, similar place in business. So I would choose, I would choose, this goes along with the next point too is the same drive, right? So I think whenever someone is in a very similar place in business and um, it, like you don't want to go and collaborate in my opinion with someone who's super seasoned and super established and, the problem there is, is I think those people are kind of complacent. They're very comfortable. Um, they don't have the same drive, the same hunger to grow the business. And so like, if they're in the same place in business as you are, then they, they're they going to, more than likely, they're going to share the similar drive and hunger to grow their own business. And so it's just going to be a good, a good uh, partnership there. Um, and then I would say the last thing is um, it, it always, will be better if you can collaborate with someone who has the same target market as you, but you guys don't compete um, and mm-hmm. so that way you guys can give each other business and so I that's gonna that's just gonna uh, substantially grow your grow your business and that other person's business at the same time so
0: Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's HydroW.com com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Natalie, what's what's resonating so far with what Clay is saying and, and what other questions have we now <laughs> uh, brought to the surface? Uh,
2: so I definitely have not been thinking about fit as much or career paths, so those are definitely good points that I have not been thinking about. Uh, I think for a while I've been very focused on kind of building a relationship with someone first and I think that's why it has really hindered my search because I, I don't trust very easily. I'm very protective of my clients, very protective of my work. I don't outsource to just anybody. Um, but, you know, as you said, you, you kind of have to get the right person if you're going to work with them long term. Um, and I guess in my mind is, how do I find these people? Um, because where I currently live, we do have a tech scene and it's, you know, it's up and coming, it's doing great, but it is still on in its infancy stage, I would say. So I'm just not sure where to start asking around and where to kind of you know, get my foot in the door and say, hey, you know, who out there would be interested? Who can I kind of uh, test out, take for a test run to see if they'd be interested in this? I'm having a hard time with that because anyone I consider in my mind would be, oh, that'd be great. They already have a full-time job or it's just not what their career goals would be. So obviously they wouldn't be a right fit, but I'm very focused on not just uh, working well with my clients, but I want them to work well with me um, and to make sure that they can hold their own.
1: is is, well real quick question is most of your business local or do you do business all over the place
2: so i would say up until very recently it's been mostly local but i actually have started to partner with um some firms and they are not based locally so they have been bringing me on bigger projects that are outside of where i live so more and more i'm becoming kind of evenly split between local and remote um but i have it met still haven't met like maybe that many other designers or any developers really, so for the most part it's you know it's it's still just they hire me to do design work and that's it
1: okay um so i i ha- i have two two recommendations here one is better than the other um <laughs> one the the first one the this the, the lower tiered one answer is um just pay attention to where you are doing your networking and it could be virtual at this point or like where you you are getting business right now um and just pay attention to like who else is in that sphere um so if you are doing like some sort of virtual networking um but you but you constantly see someone that might um you know that that might be a good fit the reason i'm saying this is because if they're in the same if they're in the same uh, place of business as you are or similar and they have the same drive, they're probably going to be trying to get business and they share the same target market. Okay. They're probably going to be in the same places as you trying to get business as well. And when I say the same places, I mean like even if you advertise um, like where are they advertising Um, or if they're doing virtual networking, like where are they virtual networking? So um, that that's, that's a possibility of like, just, um, they might be like right in front of you. You just got to pay attention. Um, also, uh, probably the, the better place is I would get to know if you don't already have it, like the people that you know, that's in really high places who know a lot of people. Right. So I would just straight up ask those people and just straight up tell them who you're looking for. And, chances are w- at least one of those people is going to know someone that's going to be a perfect fit for that. And so yeah, that, I, that's my better answer.
0: I think, I think, uh, I had similar thoughts. Like if you have clients that seem to not have, you know, maybe they hired you for this thing, but they've hired someone else for the complimentary piece, then they may have you know, oh, someone good, just, just good. like you, but who does the other work and you might be able to find connections that way. So maybe your clients know of some people, um, and and like clay said, you know, however however clients might find you to hire you, pretend for a moment that you're a, you're a client and try to hire this person as a client instead and then you'll you may start to find some through google searches or or you know networking or whatever. It is it is a really hard thing. It's tough. And I and I actually I actually and I don't want to like call you out, but I would actually challenge the idea of you finding a collaborator in the first place, not to completely derail what we've said so far, but the more the more I hear you talk about it, I almost wonder if you would be better off to find a contractor who could work like quote unquote under you where you're in charge still, because it feels to me, tell me, tell me if I'm right on this, Natalie is, is part of the, um, headache of finding the right fit that you were never able to find someone who, um, how do I say this? That like, it always went smoothly with that. You never butted heads with that. There was. Just always like like the project just went smoothly is it hard to find someone that that it works that way or what's I don't know am I am I anywhere close to the like actual problem here
2: um so I have had problems where projects you know so like sometimes projects do go smoothly but I would say for the most part they have not i I can be a little bit of a control freak but I am here what you what you're saying is that maybe someone who is more of a collaborator collaborator maybe that's not the right fit because I I'm okay with being in charge I'm right. okay with with delegating uh, I do that quite frequently especially for some of my other clients where they will bring on contractors and it's like okay here tell them what to do um, yeah. so and I don't mind that uh, right tidbit- and and so
0: <laughs> so like from one control freak to another <laughs> yeah. I, I dare say I, I dare say that that like what you actually need is a contractor yes a talented Mm -hmm. one one that yes doesn't need your hand holding the whole time because the whole point is to offload your plate a little bit but it sounds to me like a collaborator could almost be more work for you and more headache for you than a contractor because in some ways if you again you have to find the right person so that now we're just back Mm to square one but if you can find the right contractor Or a few contractors who fit the bill, then you can just say, here's the task. We need it done by this time. You know, report to me along the way. Here are the milestones, whatever, almost like you're just hiring a freelancer to work for you. Um, Then you sort of maintain control. You maintain, you control the pace of the project. You control the milestones. You control everything communication wise between you and your client. You don't feel like you have to share communication or like do this weird, like, Here's this person over here who you don't really know, like it kind of becomes this weird um like three person uh relationship instead of a a two two way relationship. It just can be kind of awkward. so I don't know if that resonates at all, but it sounds to me if I were in your shoes and knowing the very little bit that I know about what it sounds like maybe your personality and work style is almost I think a contractor could work better.
2: you know what that that totally makes perfect sense um and I guess I never thought about it that way before. Um, but if you think about it, just with my history of how I have worked before, a fun tidbit about me, uh, I was a backstage manager for, you know, uh, productions for almost nice. 10 years. Um, so I have a lot of experience professionally telling people what to do. <laughs> Um, and so it might actually be a better fit because I think that I can be, I can be good at sussing out who can do what job and maybe Mm -hmm. having someone who's like competing for that top spot. Maybe that's not a good option because we might butt heads.
0: Yes. Very well put. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Like, so I have a team of all contractors. Um, there's only four of us. But uh, it's very, very clear that I'm in charge and not like in a bad way, like I actually think my team likes it. People like to have someone who's in charge. (laughs) Right. Um, And some people naturally don't want to be in charge. So uh, it's my job to say, like, here's what we're doing. And here's our here are our goals. And then I let those smart people with brains who I've hired, (laughs) I let them then make decisions on how we're going to get to the endpoints that I've decided as, as basically like the CEO kind of figure in our business, right? So you could do that. And the the awesome thing about contractors is you can start small too. There's less pressure. Like you don't have to find like the perfect collaboration partner. You can just yeah, find like someone who can work five hours a week on a test basis to see if they can deliver the kinds of things that you're looking for.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I think for me, the scary part is I, I do get a little bit afraid of bringing them on to a fresh project, say, for example, if someone comes to me and says we have a very big website design, but we need X, Y, and Z to make it work, which mm. would be software I'm not familiar with, um, you know, then I have to say, oh, well, who can I get to do this? How, how would you suggest getting someone, to, like, take them for a test run? Uh, do you just kind of throw your money at it and hope it works? Or what's your ideal situation, you think, for that?
1: So um, whenever I had my agency, I decided to not tackle any of those types of projects that were basically throwing a curveball into my process. And so like I was big for me in my agency efficiency was key and doing the same type of project over and over and over and over again was it, like it, if you do the math, it's like super profitable um, because you get you get way better at it and which means you could do it your team could do it way way quicker uh which means it's less time which means more profit right and so Mm -hmm. um you know that's one route that you could do is you could just be like well you know our team doesn't really do that type of project and then you can just kind of stick to the types of projects you do um want to do that's super efficient um that like that's kind of where i fall and but like if you decide you do want to take it on, um, I don't know. I don't know if you it, which I guess you would act as a project manager, right? Like, do you always stay in front of the client and do that client communication? You don't have the contractors do that.
2: No, I'm always in front of the client. Any time that they would communicate with someone who's working for me, it's always going to be yeah. all of us together. Like they're going to CC me on every email, or I'm going to be on every video call. Uh, At no it. point am I just going to leave them alone with that person.
1: Okay. So, so, but if it's a, if it's a brand new thing, like if you're worried about it, one, I would, I would 100% handle uh, the communication with the client. Um, if, it, if it's, if you're just trying to like test the waters out with this contractor, I would not give them client access. I would be the in-between um, to me. They got to, they got to prove that they can actually uh, do this and like communicate with clients effectively. -hmm. The second thing I would do is whatever timeline you think in your head that you think this is going to get done, I would put a hell of a lot of cushion on it. That's what I would do. So it's all about expectations, right? Like clients, just uh, from my experience, clients are get really pissed off when expectations are not met. But the cool thing is, is that you control what those expectations are, (laughs) right? You know, like right, yeah. clients do not get mad. Like if you tell a client, hey, this project's going to get done in 30 days. And then here comes day 31. Like the client's going to be pissed, right? Uh, yeah. Some clients will. Um, but the reality is if you take that same client, if you could reverse back in time and tell them, hey, this this project's going to get done in 60 days and it gets done on day 59, they're going to be super happy, right? And right, the reality yeah. is, it took you longer than what you initially think in your head. And so it's all about expectations. So like, with if you're going to bring on a new contractor that you've never dealt with before, I would just put those measures in place just to ensure that the client does not get disappointed because of expectations.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That, that, I guess I never thought about um, scaling back the communication from the contractor. Like away from the client, I never thought about that before just because a new I try to be yeah, just a new one uh, and, but I guess I've only worked with people I've known, obviously because I'm scared to give like gotta give a piece to somebody else, but that totally makes sense. he's like i'm I am the person who controls everything, and if that person works out, then great you get to meet them, but if they don't then you never they they're never part of it again
0: yeah i I wonder tell us more about your business in terms of stability like are you you know, some freelancers are at the stage where they say yes to everything. And there's there is a, a time and a place for that. We've talked about that on the show before. There's a time and a place for just saying yes to every project and just getting, you know, ramen profitable or getting food on the table. I get the sense that you are maybe a little bit past that. But but how do you feel? Do you feel like you have to say yes to everything and just make it work? Or do you feel like you can turn down projects when when maybe you don't have the expertise or don't know someone with the expertise to tackle that project?
2: No, I I no longer feel the pressure to take on projects that I don't feel are a right fit. Um, So, yeah, that's not a problem I have. I get booked in advance, well in advance, um, whether I'm advertising or not. Uh, The the only problem would be just like the size of projects that I'm getting. Um, So just kind of planning ahead.
0: Yeah, because I think I think then the answer becomes uh, pretty simple. It's like what Clay said. If it's a if it's a skill set you're you're not familiar with and you don't have anyone who you trust to do it, you just say, "Sorry, we don't do that." Um, if if it's a scale issue, like a, a a huge project, but it is something that you feel very comfortable with, then the good news is like it's not an ideal situation, but you can always be the the safety net on those kinds of projects with new contractors right so you do your best to find someone who you trust who looks like they do good work who you think you could rely on worst case scenario you have to burn the midnight oil a couple times on this project to make up for what they didn't do and then like you said you just don't hire them again best case scenario they do an excellent job and i would say probably more likely they do a good job and then you're able to hire them again with more confidence the next time um for me it's it's all about like the safety nets, right? Like what what worst case scenario what's going to happen if this if this contractor totally flakes on me? Do I still have the skill set? I could run my business all by myself. I choose not to and and I would be burnt out if I did it full time all the time, right? But I have all the skills necessary to make it happen. I did most of the jobs that my team does. I did them at one point to learn how how it should work. Um, so, you know, if you have that kind of safety net, I feel like maybe you could feel more confident in hiring new contractors or testing out new contractors. Would you think that would be true?
2: Uh, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I do definitely try to, to do everything and it might take the, pretty much the only consequence is that it will take me longer, but I will get it done. Right, um, for sure. and obviously, yeah, so that's the benefit against someone else. Cause you know, they're faster and I don't have to spend all of my time doing things that, that have to be done, but things that I don't want to do.
0: Yeah. Again, this would be like worst case scenario, right? But worst case scenario, you're still delivering for your client, which is really what's the most important part at the end of the day in terms of the project. Now, your own personal well-being, your business's well-being, you can't do that long term. It's not sustainable um, to take on these giant projects and then have to make up for the slack of these contractors. But then there's good motivation for you to find good contractors to work with that you can keep coming back to time after time.
2: Right. Yeah. And I've definitely got a lot to think about as far as right fit and where I need to be looking uh, to find these people because I, I don't think the fit is going to be local. Um, so. I'm-